Welcome to the TPL Show, a podcast dedicated to the study and discussion of leadership. Join us as we share relevant, simple, and lasting methods for improvement that can be used to lead from any level in any organization. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the TPL Show. I'm Luke Weber, and I'm here with Dave Cahill. Hey, y'all. So today we're going to talk about the five truths of improvement. So these are a method for animating the third belief construct. So there are several belief constructs, and we've already covered two of them. We've talked about TPL, and we've talked about noble purpose. Sure have. So belief constructs are critical because culture is the single most important competitive advantage that you can have in your organization. Yeah. And belief constructs are used to to, uh, to design, design intentional, intentional culture. Yeah. So we'll talk about belief constructs, the definition, uh, the rest of them in future episodes. But today we're going to focus on the third one, which is all improvement issues at the core are people issues. People issues. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people have a hard time with this one. I know. Because they don't like to pin things or blame things on right. people, right? right? So it's usually a, a, a process or it's a, a piece of equipment that failed or, you know, it's the root cause is never a person. Issue. Right. They're, they're afraid that when you do that, you play the blame game and yeah. it, and it um, makes the culture toxic yeah. and so forth. Yeah. But um, this uh, focuses directly on people. Yeah. So, Actually, it's the reverse. If you're running a healthy culture and you make accountability a part of the culture, and accountability does not mean discipline or punishment sure. or or being ostracized, it just means this is what happened, this yeah. is the truth, um, then you can make improvement happen in, in a much better way. So the simple fact is everything is a people issue because if you remove people from the equation, there's nothing left. There's right. just pots and pans left, you know, yeah. so, um, so let's just accept that for what it is and yeah. let's focus our improvement issue, our improvement efforts on the people issue. Yeah. Right? You have a great story that is a perfect example for this. Go yeah. ahead and tell that. Okay. All right. So it's a story that my father taught me. He was, um, in the improvement field, just like we are, right? Okay. He worked for a pharmaceutical company and he moved from place to place. There'd be say an unprofitable location he would move there. Of course, we'd move with him, right? And uh, uh, he would restore that place to profitability and then move to the next place. So uh, that's a story in and of itself that's interesting to share someday. You know, uh, I went to four different high schools, you know, so <laughs> so that's kind of interesting, right? But um, this, this story really helps to spell it out, right? So imagine if you, uh, Will, you're a salesman, a gasket salesman. So you sell these beautiful gaskets. They're just wonderful. They never double up. They never wear out. They never lose their effectiveness. And they're they're quite reasonable in price. And you come to this manufacturing plant to sell your gaskets. And your intent is to sell the gaskets to the maintenance manager. So you go to the front of the plant. You meet the receptionist. The receptionist there helps you um, to get a meeting with the 
with the maintenance manager. Right. And so here's here's the rules. As is always the case, or almost always the case in a manufacturing plant, the maintenance manager's office is in the back, right? So the receptionist tells you, you have to put on this white coat, and you have to put on these safety glasses, and you go through that those double doors right there, and you walk between these two yellow lines all the way back to the other side of the plant. The maintenance manager will meet you there, and then you can have your meeting yeah. and tell them about yep. your gaskets, right? Okay. So I do it. I put on my white coat. I put on my safety glasses. I head back between the two lines. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I walk about halfway back, and I pass by this pressure vessel. And right when I pass by, the pressure vessel explodes, and I am injured. So by the traditional way that people look at these things, Mm -hmm. I did everything I'm supposed to do, and I got injured. Is it a conditions-based injury, or is it a behaviorally-based injury? Most people say condition. Sure. The traditional view of it is, that's a conditions-based injury. So what we're saying with this belief construct is, no, 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 there's no such thing as a conditions-based injury. There's no such thing as a conditions-based anything. Everything is about people. So in this case, then, let's take a look at that. I'm walking by there, and this vessel blows up. Somebody told me to walk by there. And that's a behavior. Somebody designed that vessel, and that's a behavior. Someone welded the seams together, and that's a behavior. Someone put the vessel there by the walk path, and that's a behavior. Someone bought the governor that's used to relieve the pressure that maybe failed on this vessel, causing it to explode, and that's a behavior. Someone maintained it. Someone inspected it. Someone designed it uh, back at the uh, original equipment manufacturer. All of these things are behaviors. And if we keep peeling back past that seeming cause, that condition-based yeah. cause, and get to the real root cause, which is some type of human behavior, then we'll really eliminate the problem and prevent recurrence and make improvement happen. Our competition will be back at that first stage condition. We're going to push it back further, get to the root of the issue through, through this people view, and we're going to have a better outcome. So that's the idea of this belief construct. If you just accept, if you believe the, the, the notion that everything in, involved with improvement is a people issue, yeah. you'll just get a better outcome. Yeah. It's going to drive you so much further up that causal chain. Yeah. And it's going to help you build better solutions. That's right. It, just exactly right. And then as those problems don't recur, that frees you to think about innovation, optimization, so, so forth and so on. And um, you outpace your competition. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right. So what are these five truths of improvement? Yeah, let's hear them. Let's talk about these, right? So uh, I'm going list, to just list them off and kind of list uh, their definitions, and then we kind of jump in each one. Great. So number one, everything is a process. Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Number two, every process delivers exactly what it is designed to deliver, Yeah. not what it was intended to deliver. Oh, that's key. Say that again. Every process delivers exactly what it was designed to deliver, not what it was intended yeah. to deliver. Yeah. So- Every process, so in this way, every process is achieving its design. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Okay. Number three, every process is the way it is because those with authority over it allow it to persist. Mm -hmm. So either by intent or acquiescence or by a lack of awareness or concern. Yeah. Might not be intentional, but it's just the way it is. Sure. 
Number four, there are usually two reasons in play. The reason given, which is the stated reason, mm -hmm. and the real reason, the root cause. Mm -hmm. The reason given is a reflection of hopes and fears. The real reason is the truth that is made clear by the facts. Yeah. So emotions versus, versus facts. Sure. Number five, find a way to work on the real reason. Uh-huh with support of those who have the authority over the process and without diminishing those who give other reasons. Yeah. And you will make significant and lasting improvement. Yeah. Yeah, significant and lasting. Yeah. That's, that's key. That's key because you can make significant improvement and it's not lasting. Yeah, quick. And so, you can make lasting improvement, but it's not very significant. Right, exactly. <laughs> right? So both of those things, yeah. So those are the five. Okay. Uh, do you want to dive into those a oh, little bit? Oh, man, I can't wait to dive into okay. these, right? All right. So, so this first one, this issue that everything's a process, right? Um, it's reminding us to take a process view of the improvement that we're going to make. What is the process that uh, we need to look at to make it, this improvement happen? So a process. Let's just, just take a look at that very simply. Everything is a process. So a process has a, I'm going to use very technical terms here. Are you ready, Luke? <laughs> Yeah. I'm ready. It's very scientific. It. I'm ready. A process has a gazinta. So something gazinta the process. And then the process somehow changes that gazinta, alters it somehow, and then there's a gazauta. And the gazauta is different than the gazinta. And that's yep. a process. Yep. Everything's a process, even the way rock ages in the ground yeah. is a process. Sure. Everything is a process, right? Mm -hmm. So so we need to have a process view. And when we're improving something, we have to say, in order to improve that thing, what process do we do we go to? Right. right? Okay. Okay. So the second um, notion is that the process um, is delivered uh, or, or, or uh, delivers to its design, right. not its intent. So um, there's there's kind of a an, an interesting little story to tell about that, right? To to make this more clear. So imagine that you know, you know there's um, a manufacturing company and they're making widgets, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. right? And, but they're really successful. Everyone wants them. They can't make enough. So the CEO comes to the manufacturing plant and he meets with everybody and tells them this exciting news that we just can't keep up with the demand. We've got to put in a whole new line. Yeah. And he, he kind of singles out the engineer in the plant and he says, engineer, I want you to, to design me a new line. So design it all up, get it all worked out, and then tell me how much it costs. CEO flies away. Couple months later, CEO comes back and he meets with everybody, especially the engineer, right? And says, um, <laughs> what's going on, right? Now, this, this engineer is a professional, is experienced, has done this before. He's not goofing around, right? So the engineer carefully considers what's needed, what the costs are, what the delivery times are, how many people are needed, all that does all that quite professionally and quite um, expertly knowing what it takes to design a line. So he makes a presentation to the CEO, and the CEO says, so what's it going to cost me? And the engineer says, $20 million. And the CEO <laughs> looks him right in the eye and says, do it for 15. And then gets on the plane and flies away, right? <laughs> I'm laughing so hard at this because I've experienced this in real life. Right? Uh, I'm sure. So I'm, sure, I'm sure other people have as well, but this is 100% true. Yeah. So the, uh, the engineer redesigns, shortens up this component, puts in a, a component that's cheaper with fewer options, 
um, moves this over there, that under there, reduces yeah. this, you know, all that kind of thing. A couple months go by and the CEO comes back. Except it's not even the same CEO anymore. It's a yeah, different, different CEO now, right? And uh, But same agenda, right? So the the CEO meets with everyone, especially the engineer, and says, okay, let's talk about this new line. What's it going to cost me? And the, and the engineer says, $15 million. Quite proud. Yeah. Quite proud that- you Got it down to the number. He got it down to that number, yeah. right? And the CEO looks at him and says, do it for 10, $10. and flies off, right? <laughs> so now we've got this- this thing where we've ordered, you know, kind of secondhand parts and, and used, outdated yeah. uh, technology and you can only adjust it by hand, you know, all this kind of stuff, right? And and they're putting this in motion and operating it with an army of people crawling all over it with rolls of duct tape and you yeah. just, you're, you know. So this is what happens. You get um, output based on your design, not your intent. It's just a reality that we have to deal with, right? That's the way it is. All right. So the third truth of improvement is that every process is the way it is because those with authority over it allow it to be so. Right. Now, this is a very unpopular thing no. for, uh, for leaders to hear. They don't like to hear this, right? But it's just the truth. And we have to reflect upon the truth and, and our role in the truth and our role in the process and so forth. So if you... Um, are the leader of an area, or there's a group of leaders of an area, and there's a, a process in the side of that area that's significantly out of whack, you're allowing it to be that way. You could fix it. You could choose to address the situation, even if it's in some small way. Right. So maybe you don't know. Maybe you've got bigger fish to fry somewhere else. Maybe you've decided that's good enough for now. Wh whatever the issue yeah. is, but the bottom line is, the reason that it is that way is because you're allowing right. it. Could have been the easiest choice. Could have been the path of re least resistance. Yeah. You know, whatever it was. Sure. Yeah. Now, it, it's not meant, this truth is not meant to say no. leaders are always bad no, and always no, doing the wrong not. thing. It's just a simple truth. We need to take the emotion out of it and just right. understand exactly. it for what it is, yep. right? So, so then the, the fourth truth of improvement is that there are usually two causes in play. The first cause is the stated cause. And that cause is uh, expressed by people through hopes and fears. Emotions. You see, yeah, we're, we're, human beings are very emotional creatures yeah. and they express things through their hopes and their fears, cause too. So when you start to explore the idea of cause with them, they express the cause of things through this rainbow of emotions that they experience through hopes and fears. So they think or feel the, the reason could be. Sure. Right? And that's just the way it is. Yeah. That's just the way we are as human beings. We need to accept that sure. and work through that. The other cause is the real cause or the root cause, right? So the real cause is the one that is borne out by the facts, by the data and so forth. So you've got these two um, sets of causes, the stated cause and the real cause, right? That's the, the fourth truth. Of improvement. All right, so now let's talk about the fifth truth. The fifth truth kind of brings all these first four together and moves them towards action. So in the fifth truth, we see that um, in order to make improvement happen, we have to work on the real cause, and we have to do that with the support of the people who have authority over that process. Right, right. And we have to do that without diminishing the people 
that gave us the stated cause or the stated causes. So we've got to kind of work our magic here to bring all these things together at one time. It becomes very delicate. It becomes somewhat delicate, right? If we work on the uh, stated causes, we might get some improvement for a while. That's Mm -hmm. called the Hawthorne effect, and we'll cover that in another episode. But that that improvement is very short-lived, and you go back to your natural set point, you know, pretty quickly, right? So it doesn't last. If you work on the real cause without the um, support of the people who have authority over the process, you're not even going to get out of the gate. If you work on the real cause and you diminish the people who gave you the stated cause, you'll get resistance from, you know, some type of mild resistance all the way up to sabotage, depending on on how offensive you yeah. are when you do that, sure. right? So you've got to bring these these things all together. Discern what the real cause is. Work on it with the support of the people who are in authority over the process and do it without diminishing the people who gave you the stated cause. Then you'll make lasting and significant improvement, right? So those are the five truths, and uh, you just simply can't ignore them if you want to make improvement happen, and you can't uh, minimize them. you got to consider them and address them as you go through any effort to make improvement. Okay, good. So those are what, that's what they are. Why? Why would we want to use these in our organization? Sure. So you remember we come back to this belief construct that at its core, every improvement um, issue is about people, right? So you take a look at these five truths, and they're just um, completely people-driven. They're where do people, they're about where do people interact in the improvement process or the improvement cycle and what uh, considerations, people considerations, do you have to make as you move through that improvement okay. cycle? Okay. So why it's important is because if, if you don't make these considerations, and unfortunately, they're not um, noted in most improvement methodologies, and if they are, they're not noted uh, as tightly and um, plainly as this, sure. right? Um, you're just not going to make... Uh, significant and lasting improvement. You'll, you'll kind of um, just trudge along in a, in a somewhat uh, frustrating yeah. way. So when you consider these, it, it's like a force magnifier. Mm. It, it really revs up whatever the improvement method is that you have. Uh, you, you make sure you make these considerations inside of it, and you get a lot more bang for your buck. Got it. I agree with that 100%. So we now know the what, the why, so how? Sure. How do we implement these? Yeah, how do you do it? So we need to teach people in the organization about this idea of belief constructs. So we start with the notion that culture is a key competitive advantage. A lot of people that are experts in this area will tell you, certainly Luke and I will tell you, culture is a bigger competitive advantage than product, than process, than location. Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It, it's the competitive advantage. Culture can make miracles happen, and you can design in, you can kind of design a culture that, that leads to a miracle machine. So uh, it's a huge competitive advantage. How do you build that intentional culture, the culture you want that will really, really uh, fulfill your noble purpose and improve the lives of your customer? Well, you use building blocks, and the building blocks of an intentional culture are the belief constructs. 
So as Luke said, we went through two of them already. We went through um, TPL and and we talked about noble purpose. Right. There's some other belief constructs we'll talk about in the future and how they all fit together and how you can use them and all that. But this um, this idea of people being really at the heart of, of improvement, yep. right? Um, you want to teach that and you want to teach this this general idea about culture and belief constructs. Then you want to teach, of course, the five, the five truths. truths of improvement. And you really want to drill that in and make that clear to everyone with examples, work-related examples, if you can, right there in work, um, right there in your processes and so on. But you really want people to understand those. Of course, you can print them out. Of course, you put them up on the wall and so forth and so on. But really make um, make those a center point of your continuous improvement education and tell people at the same time this important message. Everything is improvement. Everything is. There, there's not this, if you want to have excellence, you can't segregate the business in between run the business and improve the business. Right. If you do, as soon as things get stressful, then um, people say, let's stop the improve the business stuff now and we'll just run the business. That's absurd. Yeah. That's absurd. That'll leave you to ruin, right? So these things have to be absolutely intermixed. You're always improving the business with everything you're doing. Now, having said that, don't mistake that for um, continuous improvement means to continually improve everything. We don't need to continually improve everything. We need to improve the things that help us to fulfill our yeah. noble purpose. Yeah, some things aren't necessary. Sure. I mean, if you've got a cafeteria, we don't need to improve the speed with which people get their cheeseburger in right. the cafeteria, right. um, unless it's causing downtime, yeah. right? So, so we don't need to improve everything. We want to improve those important things that lead to a better outcome for our customer. But everything we do is about improvement, right? We, we have an improvement mindset. So we can get, if we can get people to accept that, mm-hmm. right? That everything, everything we're doing is improvement. Mm-hmm. We teach them the belief constructs, mm-hmm. the five truths of improvement. Mm-hmm. What else do we use? Well, so then we take the, the five truths of improvement and we can use them to assess our improvement methodology. So whatever our improvement methodology is, let's say it's Six Sigma, we're using the DMAIAC, or let's say it's Agile, or it's uh, one-page project management, or it's the roadmap to problem solving, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, mm-hmm. whatever method we're using, we can look at that method and use the five truths of improvement to assess it, to say, is it addressing all five truths of improvement? If it's not, we need to fix it so that it is, Just right? Just check, check against it. Yeah. We can use okay. it as an assessment to right. check our, our uh, improvement process. Or we can just use it. We can use the five, the five truths of improvement as uh, an approach to continuous improvement mm-hmm. yeah. and simply move through it with that. So um, whether we're using it as a check, whether we're using it as the steps themselves, we first educate everybody, and then we use this idea of the five truths of improvement to rev up yeah. our, our improvement process and to get everyone thinking about improvement all the time and then using this process to improve the right things. Yeah, that's good. Okay. All right, I think that wraps up today's episode. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast so you can get some uh, updates on when our next episodes will be coming out. Uh, so we will catch you on the next one. So long, everybody. See you. Thank you for listening to the TPL show. We hope you'll apply what you learned today and tell us how it went. If you want to share, 
want more information or have questions, please contact us at info at tplshow.org. Have a great day. Thank you.